Brothers and sisters of the barbecue world, Cowboy Kev here welcoming you to another episode of Man Meat Barbecue with your host, Mikey K. Man Meat Barbecue is proudly sponsored by Fire and Smoke Barbecue. If you're looking for a new seasoning, head over to fireandsmokebbq.com. We ship nationwide or pick up a catering menu for those of you in the Chicago area. Also brought to you by Myron Mixon Smokers. If you're a caterer competition or just a backyard cooker, we have the smoker for you. Go check them out at MyronMixonSmokers.com. And now, here is your host, Mikey K. What's up, guys? So we are hanging out with Hua Pig BBQ team. So if you go if you go to Instagram, it's all one word. So Hua W H O A Pig BBQ team. We are hanging out with Jamie, their head pit master. Um, man, dude, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show, chatting barbecue with us, and uh, being you know being willing to do it. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, actually, it's it's um whoa pig barbecue, oh. and there's actually there's actually a pretty funny story as there to how go. that name how Thanks that name came name about in the first forty five uh, seconds. Fantastic. <laughs> that uh, that name came about. I have two boys, and and we're we're a very outdoorsy family. And uh, one of one of them fly fishes with me, and the other one rock climbs. And uh, we were out in Colorado and uh, fishing the Taylor River, and my youngest son was rock climbing. And my wife went with them, and they're walking up the side of this mountain trying to find a, a, a spot via a GPS on his phone. Okay. Well, my wife's, my wife's afraid of bears, so she's banging on this little pot going, whoa, bear, whoa, bear. And my son's just kind of shaking his head, rolling his eyes like, mom, you're out of your mind. So, whoa, bear, whoa, pig. That's kind of where the whoa, pig name came from for the there team. See, that, yeah. I, love, I love the story. Yeah. You know, sometimes people are like, I don't know, I just came up with it. I was drunk one night. <laughs> yeah. Where you have like this fantastic story that your wife decides that a, a pot will keep a bear away. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you throw it at him and run. <laughs> I mean, maybe. It might not even, it might just piss him off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but that's still, that's still just, I, I love it. I love the fantastic story behind it. So, man, what got you into what got you into wanting to cook barbecue? You know, I I really enjoy cooking, and I like creating different recipes and menus and stuff. And I started off, I don't know, 20, 20 plus years ago. I bought a little electric Brinkman uh, bullet cooker. Okay. And I started playing with that, and then I kind of got bored with it and put it in the garage for a while, and I ended up actually giving it away. Um, and then for my wife's birthday one year, I decided, you know what? I want to smoke a pig. I'd never smoked a pig in my life. Okay. Uh, That's ambitious. Yeah. Me and my buddy, my buddy up the street, um, he's an iron worker and he actually has a nickname. We gave him hillbilly because he is a hillbilly. Um, and we decided, okay, let's build something to cook it. in. so we got a 55 gallon drum and we built this pit and, uh, I bought a little 50 pound pig from the local butcher and, Away we went, and it kind of just took off from there. Now, how was that first experience? Uh, you know, it was a challenge. It was a lot harder than I thought it was ever going to be. I bought a book from, uh, oh gosh, so you, had, which, you had some guideline at least. You didn't just kind of, yeah, you didn't yeah, no. just throw it together and go. No, I bought a Chris Lilly barbecue book at okay, Barnes okay. Noble. He had an article in there on how to cook a pig, and that's what kind of sparked it. And then I, I kind of followed his take on it, and it actually turned out pretty good. I was kind of surprised, so it, but was it just took off from there. Right. You know, it was edible, and I'm sure you could probably do a little better now. Oh, yeah, it was really edible, which was surprising in itself. But, uh, yeah, you know, I haven't uh, – I think I cooked one more whole hog after that. And then um, haven't done one since, but uh, smoke a lot of other stuff instead. You know, doing a lot of whole hog, it, it, I don't do a lot of it either myself. Um, I just, it's a lot of food, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, it it's a lot of food and it's a lot, it's not a lot, right? It, you get a lot of pulled pork. Yep. And it's just, 
I don't know that to me, I don't know that the, the amount of work that it is, is worth it. I'd much rather throw on like 16 shoulders and just right. call it a day. You know, I think for me, it was the ambiance of the pig, you yeah, know, and of course, being yeah. there all day and cooking it and drinking beer all day and, and kind of cooking the hog and just, you know, that was kind of like the, the thrill in it. But I don't know if I would do, you know, I, I wouldn't want to do them all the time. I just don't know that they're worth it to do all yeah. the time. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, yeah. I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think they're worth To me, I don't think they're that worth it. Now, yeah, you I'm do competition barbecue. What's that? I said you do competition barbecue. I do, what, yes. When did you first decide to start competing? I started competing probably, I think, three or four years ago. I, um, I met a friend uh, through another friend. His name is uh, Chris Visconti. And he actually is a competitor. He has a team called uh, Bears BQ. Okay. And he he create uh, he competes also. And I met the guy. We had lunch a few times and and kind of hit it off real well. And and um, he kind of took me under his wing and and showed me you know the ropes of it and stuff, which was huge for me because it it uh, eliminated a lot of mistakes and risk taking as far as you know wasting food and cooking stuff. Um, but he, he's helped me out a lot. We're still great friends to this day. We still uh, get together and have five hour lunches and, and, uh, stuff. But, um, I, I guess he was, he was the, the main person behind it all for me and, and helped me out a lot. So, yeah. no, I mean, it, you know, that's, that's fantastic. I always say like, if you can find somebody, uh, to be almost, almost like a mentor, or if, if you don't have anyone that that's around that you can do that with, um, it, it, does pay off to like take a barbecue class you know yes yes it does yes it does you learn so much and you shorten your learning curve so yes. much yep i've taken a few classes myself um and all of them that i've taken none of them have been a waste of time or money um i'd take them again and that's, that's really uh, they're good. yeah they're very very helpful uh the first time chris came over and cooked in my backyard we cooked chicken um, I was getting ready for a comp that I was had coming up in a few months. And it's funny because I was looking at pictures the other day and this chicken, dude, I don't know. I, it was, I don't even know what to call it. It was like, it looked like charcoal briquettes. It was just like, what the hell happened? Um, and I was comparing that picture to a, I got a 180 score in chicken last year. Okay. And to that picture as well, side by side, it's like, oh my gosh, was like what a journey. Yeah. What a journey, man. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Like when you do hit it and you're like, damn, that was that was perfect. Yep. And yep. then it was you don't hit it and you're like you're like, man, that was that that just did not Yeah. Like the barbecue did not it would yeah. the barbecue gods were not on my side that day. No. It's like golf. You know, you can go out one day and have a great game and then the next three months you suck. <laughs> and I think chick especially with chicken, chicken's one yeah. of those finicky like Every, you know, it's it's not a hard cook to say per se, but at the same time, chicken can, I feel like it can go south really quickly. Yes, and you can overcook it and make it mushy as hell. Very quickly, and and, and it's just chicken's one of those things that, like you said, it's not hard to cook, but it's you know when when you cook it right, it's great, and when you don't, it's not. There's no there's no in between. Yeah, exactly. Like if you don't, you don't cook it right. It's eh, that didn't come yeah. out quite right. Like you got, you know, pulled, you know, you throw pulled pork on there, man. Pulled pork, you can pretty much beat a little bit. <laughs> it, it is, you know what I mean. Pork shoulders, come on, you can beat those things. Yeah, and they will still somehow come out well. Yes, yes, they will. Like, and they'll I, still taste great on a sandwich. Yep. I don't know how many times I tell people like they're like how do what do I learn on what do I learn on and I'm like get yourself a couple shoulders and learn on those things. Yeah, it's just, practice. I mean, you have to practice if you're competing. You just have to practice and practice and practice and practice. And I keep logs of everything I cook, which I learned from Chris. You know, he's write everything <laughs> down, write everything down, and and you know, except for the one time I get a perfect score in chicken, I didn't, didn't write, write anything, anything down. Yeah. Nope, because oh. I was a fran. I was a wreck. I was running around. We were doing four meets. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And 
we pulled off a, a freaking 180 and it's like, how, how did I do it? He asked me, how'd you do it? I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Cause you didn't write it down. I said, no, it's the rule dude right there. It, 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 it is when you don't write it down. You're like, Oh, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever I did the other day. Like, it'll be fine. I'm not going to write down. And then you're like, damn, yeah. okay, this came out really good. Yeah. What did I do differently? And you have no idea. No idea. I mean, I knew the rubs I used and stuff like that, the sauce I used. But other than that, how I cooked it, you know, I got an idea, but do I know exactly? No. Yeah, it's true. No idea. Now you're cooking. You're cooking on a stick burner now. Did you make that pit yourself? I did. I did. Well, actually, me and my buddy Hillbilly made it. Um, yeah. He like said he's an iron worker. He does all my welding because if you ever see me weld, it's it's comical. Pretty. No, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not pretty at all um but i i had looked for a tank a propane tank for a, probably a good year and a half and i could okay. not find one uh, a friend of mine called me and said hey i got a, a tank if you want it it was a 130 gallon tank i think it was okay i, so I, I went out not huge and, no i went out and picked it up and you know, I, I brought it home and I researched the web. And, you know, you see all these pictures, of these hear all these horror stories of guys that try to cut them open and blow themselves up. And I'm thinking, man, I don't want to blow myself up. <laughs> I really don't. So, you know, we filled it with water, filled it with soap and a degreaser yeah. and all kinds of crud. And and I'm sitting there one day and I'm, I got a grinder in my hand and it's all, you know, lined out and everything. And my buddy, Hillbilly, calls me and says, what are you doing? I said, man, dude, I'm sitting there thinking about cutting his pit open, and I'm scared to death. He goes, I'll be right there. So he pulls up in the driveway in his big 3,500 you know, work truck and hops out in his little coveralls and grabs the grinder out of my hand, hops on that thing like he's riding a torpedo and just starts grinding away. <laughs> and you know, we're still here, so it worked out pretty good. But, yeah, we built it from scratch, and it cooks amazing. It, I mean, it cooks you really well. Once you guys fill those things with water, put soap in it, and really let it bubble out and let it pull yeah. all that stuff out, that's usually when it's it becomes safe, right? Um, that's what they say. <laughs> you know? You never know. No, uh, you're in the back of your mind. You know, you're like, God, did I do it right? Did I do something wrong? Should I have done it longer? You know, and then sparks start flying, and you, you're kind of still there. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, because what, what, what the whole point is, is uh, for, for anyone that's listening that is like, well, I don't quite get it. Um, if it's empty, it's empty. It, it's not ever um, what en what ends up happening with with big propane tanks is they eventually just stop losing the ability to hold the pressure. Right. So they can still hold propane. They just don't hold pressure properly. So yeah. they don't push pressure out correctly. So if you start grinding into the one of those, there's still propane. In. Right. Right. Yep, there is. So I, I'm ready to build another one, though. I've, I've been looking for another tank. I want to build another one. Are you looking to go bigger? I am. I want to do, well, if I had my way, I'd do a 500-gallon, but my wife's like, are you out of your mind? No. Um, so tell maybe a 250. You got to tell her you want 1,000. Well, you know, my son lives up in uh, Belgrade, Montana, and across the tracks from his house, it's a huge propane tank place and every time i go up there there's just miles of propane tanks and i just sit there you know my tongue hanging out of my mouth just looking at them all drooling going man i want one of those big ones so yeah, see that's what you gotta do you tell her that you want the you tell her that you want the thousand right yeah and then when she tells you are you crazy you're like you're right you're right we'll do the 500 <laughs> exactly and then she goes okay yeah, yeah you're right that's a better size uh, I love building stuff. I just built a Santa Maria grill. Um, I want to build a pizza oven next. I don't know, just to mess around with. But now, are you going when you when you say pizza oven? Are you going brick? Yeah. Is that the yeah. okay? Yep, little pizza oven in the backyard, and I just built a big uh, two foot by six foot Santa Maria grill. Now, what what drew you to the Santa Maria? Because I love those things. Uh, the open fire, the wood fire, just that wood fire, that yeah. beautifulness. Yeah. There's so I'm a much diehard. I love. I don't. I'm not a big fan of pellet cookers. Neither am I. That's There's a lot of guys that have them, but yeah, I'm just well, not a big fan of them. <laughs> you know, a lot of guys have pellet cookers. That doesn't mean they're right. Um, I don't. I don't agree with the pellet cooker. I understand the ease of a pellet cooker, and I understand their place in the world per se. Right. But I'm I'm one of those guys where I'm like, if you're gonna do barbecue, do it right, and. 
I'm not a big fan of guys that say, well, I'm a pit master and I cook on a pellet. No, you're not. Um, because you're not tending a fire. Right. And I get the whole, well, I'm still making the great product and that's where it comes from. Yes, right. but you're not doing any type of airflow control because right. pellets don't, don't have an airflow control. Um, you're not doing, you're not tending a fire. You're switching a knob. Um, I, I know how to turn my oven on. That doesn't make me a French chef. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't, uh, you know, there's times when I'm here and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know what, I'd like to throw, you know, throw some chicken on or throw, uh, you know, some ribs on and stuff. It'd be kind of neat to have a pellet cooker in the backyard just to flip the switch and walk out there and throw them on. I'll have to fire up my beast of a pit. Uh-huh. Um, and, and for me, I guess that would be a kind of a cool way to have, you know, cool reason to have a, a pellet cooker, but for competing, I, I honestly feel that if you have a pellet cooker, hey, you can compete. Just compete in a different category. It's a different game, the, right? Yeah. They should have a, a category for pellet cookers, and they should have a category for stick burners because they're two different animals. Absolutely. And, uh, I mean, if you don't run that fire clean in a stick burner, man, you're going to tell. Yes. It's going yes. to be gross. Yep, and it is. Granted that I will say that I feel like running a fire in a stick burner clean is a lot easier than running a fire in um, like an egg or a WSM uh, cleanly. It I feel like I get a cleaner burn faster out of a stick burner than I do out of any of my other cookers. I have to take yeah. more time. I'm like my barrel takes more time to get clean smoke out of it. It yeah. like it's a little more time consuming. I need more time to set up right. Uh, yep. But, and, you know, it's like a pet, a pellet cooker, a pet cooker, <laughs> a pellet cooker, you know, you turn, like you said, you turn the dial on, you set the temperature, you walk away. Yep. I got to tend my pit. I got to keep the thing going. I got to yep. make sure it stays up. I got to make sure if it drops, why is it dropping? If it's raining, that's a whole nother ball game, you know, or now, if it's cold in the morning and hot in the afternoon, everything changes at noon, you know, yep. it's, Yep. It's a different animal. Everything changes. Now, with yours, you have an insulated firebox, if I can tell correctly. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the nice thing about for anyone that doesn't cook on a um on a stick burner, the insulated firebox, what it actually allows you to do is you can keep a, a better temp throughout. Now, obviously, if you had your whole cooker insulated, it'd be a little bit better, and rain will affect you just slightly. Right. Um, yeah. You get you get a little bit more. Uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? You you'll you will get that temp drop right in it with rain because it's cold water basically hitting your hitting your pit. Right. Well, on the pit itself, yes, because the pit's yeah. not insulated. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Because the it's, pit's not you insulated. You're pulling out tarps and blankets and everything else. You're you know sitting there hugging your pit. Warm up, baby. Warm up. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you're trying to build a bigger fire in that firebox to let yeah. her, let her go. Yeah. But now, if it's if it's just colder colder weather, that fire the insulated firebox, what it'll do is it'll still help regulate that tip uh, pit temperature, and it'll also help regulate the amount of wood that you're throwing into it. You're not going to just be trying to heat up that firebox and you know lose. Yeah, it's lose a lot wood. easier. Because it my my firebox wasn't always insulated. Um, the first few years I ran it, it was just quarter inch steel. Yeah. And um, you were I, the, the main reason I insulated it was because I kept burning myself. <laughs> that that's you know, I walk by and and it brushed your your calf or something, man. Ooh, yeah. It, it burned the hell out of you. So that's that was one of the reasons I insulated. The other one was to kind of keep more of the heat in the box and and up up through the chute. Yep. Uh, I mean, and it's worked well. You chew through wood too. Yeah, you I mean, do. I, you you just chew through it. Um, but I mean, it's it's also just part of the game. Yep. So I to me, there's 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 the diehard, you know, uh, stick burner guys that just yep. that's what it is, and then you have your group that do pellet cookers and turn on a switch and away they go. Very true, and I mean, and then when the power goes out, they're screwed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I I own a I own a barbecue company and we do we do pop ups and stuff like that, um, and we were 
we were doing a pop-up at a brewery around around us and I was talking to one of the managers of the brewery and she's like oh she's like this other barbecue company had to cancel on us the other day and I'm like oh why'd they cancel you know and she goes well the power went out at their kitchen so they couldn't cook yeah and I go what do you mean the power went out of their kitchen so they couldn't cook and she's like well their their smoker wouldn't work and I'm like, oh. I'm like, so they cook on a pellet smoker, huh? And she's yeah. like, I have no idea. She's like, all I know no. is there's electric to it. She's like, do you guys not do that? I'm like, no, we're we're 100% real wood. Yeah. I go, I could care less if the power goes out. And, you know, there's a difference. There's, uh, you know, some guys say, well, there's no difference. You can't tell. And, you know, maybe I if you're using like a good quality pit, you can't. But, um, I, you know, I took a stab at smoking cheese the other day. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted the smoked cheese. I love smoked cheese, and I usually buy it at the store. And I bought one of those little amazing pellet tubes that you yep. pour pellets in. Yep. So I thought, okay, I'm gonna try some smoking some cheese. So I I fill this thing up with the pellets they sent me, and I smoked the cheese. And actually, the cheese turned out really good. But when I took the tube out, I noticed that uh, there's like this black resin residue kind of stuff on the bottom of the tube and i'm looking like what the hell is that so i call my buddy chris up and he says that's ah, it's it more than likely it's the quality of pellet that you use you need to use a better quality pellet and that's what it was uh, it was you know they i don't know what kind of pellet or how they make them but i went and bought some q pellets that are 100 percent wood and huge difference so it had to I, have know, been a binder there they yeah. had to have been using a binder in it something because it was um, nasty it yeah, just looked there, like black tar. Yeah, there had to have been some kind of binder, which was basically burning off. Right. But the cheese turned out great. I love smoked cheese, so. Yeah, and and those amazing, uh, the little amazing tube uh, tubes work really well for, for doing something like that because you want to keep your pit so much colder. Yeah. Um, which is very, very difficult with real, which is very, very difficult with splits. Um, yeah. Yeah. Trying to keep your pit temperature down at 90 degrees with a split is, I mean, you have to keep a very small fire. Oh, I didn't even light mine. Oh, I, yeah, it, exactly. it was yeah. It was 70 some odd degrees. I, I'm in California, so it's it's never cold out here. But um, I, I, I didn't even light mine. I just stuck it in there, the cheese in there. And I actually had to put the cheese on a tray with a rack uh, of ice underneath the rack with the cheese sat on. Just to keep, uh, just, just to keep, keep it cold, it cold enough. yeah, because it was still too, it was still too hot. But I normally do with being in Chicago, uh, <clears throat> we can do cold smoking in the winter really, really nicely. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially Definitely. if you do a non-insulated pit, um, it works very, very nicely because you, you can, you know, it's so cold outside, it's going to keep that pit temp down. And you don't have to worry about your cheese melting. I know I have right. a friend that's in uh, Vegas, and we always talk about it. It's like, dude, sometimes it's 150 degrees in the sun. Yeah. Sun in Vegas. And I know that's a little I'm, – I'm stretching it, but I'm, say I'm talking about the pit. You know, the pit will be sitting right. at 150 degrees, 160 degrees, and then you got to light that and get a fire going in it. And yeah. you, only have so, you only have so much, you know – yeah, I tell them, don't even light it. Just throw the cheese in there. Don't even light it. I don't even light mine. I stick the tube about yeah. maybe 12 inches away from the cheese, and I close the lid, and I stick it in there, and I open the stack and let it go for four hours and pull it out, and yep. it turns out great. Yep, because so. that'll give you a little bit of heat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, cold smoking is a whole other game. Uh, especially when you're doing cheeses and stuff like that, you, you're definitely playing with making sure that that temperature is cold enough so that you don't melt your cheese. Right. Right. Do you, you ever know? do sausages? I've done them. I haven't, I haven't done them recently. I don't do them very often. Uh, are you, are I, you a big sausage guy? I'm not, but I, I'm starting to, to, to do start them. To play. Um, yeah, I I came up with a recipe for a roasted poblano and smoked cheddar cheese sausage. Okay. Um, turned out really great. I also did a roasted jalapeno and smoked cheddar that turned out good. Okay. Um, 
but uh, my buddy Chris is a huge sausage guy, and and you know, that's where I get all my info from on it. But, but sausages are cool. I I, I kind of like sausages. So sausages are cool. The the thing about sausages is if you don't season them well enough before they go into the casings, you're pretty yes. much screwed. Yeah, you are. I season. So what I do is I'll cube my meat the night before. Yep. I'll put all my seasoning on it. I'll mix it all up and I'll throw it in the fridge overnight. Yep. And then I run it through the grinder with the seasoning already on the meat. And there it just kind of grinds it into the meat even better. Now, do you, so what I used to do is I would take a little bit of that before, like after we ground it, um, knew exactly where we were at seasoning wise. We, I would throw a little bit on a pan and just finish it out so I could try it Yeah. and see, um, you know, see, see exactly how, how it would taste before we, we, we went to the step of filling the casings. Yeah. And that always worked really well for me. Do you do, you say you do, uh, uh, catering or, or pop-ups? Yeah. yeah so we do. How, how does uh, that work out for you? It works out. I mean, before uh, it was working out well before all this shit happened. Obviously, right, right now right. caterings aren't a, a real thing right now. Yeah, nothing um, is. <laughs> that's the hard thing is, uh, we you know our the majority of our business was m- making money off caterings, and catering kind of died. Yeah, <laughs> and um, we are in the middle of. Building a building a vending trailer, and I wish I had oh, nice. it right now. Yeah, because it would really really help me out. That's cool. Um, unfortunately, how, it how is crazy is it in Chicago? Man, are you guys still all locked down out there? Uh, yes. So the problem is Chicago's like Chicago and the Chicagoland area. They're opening in like stages. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And. A lot of the stuff that they're saying that they want to open with, like I know a lot of these restaurants want to just get out, get back to doing it and going going for it. But it's like I'm reading all these rules and I'm like, man, there's no way that they're gonna survive. Yeah, like it's it's, it's, it's tough. gonna kill you. It's gonna really kill you to start putting staff into place at twenty five at fifty percent capacity. Right. How do you do that? How do you, how do you run, know. you know, with, and, and now even more with the food cost of where it's going, it, it's a little terrifying because like, and I know like once restaurants open up, then the, then the, um, the meat processing plants will actually start turning their lights back on in a sense, right. because that's why they don't want to turn their lights on right now is because they don't. They don't have a reason to, you know what I mean? The, the right, average consumer right. is not purchasing. It doesn't have big enough purchasing power for them to want to do that. They need restaurants to come back right. and be purchasing what they were purchasing. Are you guys able to find meat out there? Can you go, like go in a store and like, buy briskets and ribs and butts and stuff? Um, I haven't been able to find good ribs. Um, I saw ribs at the store today, and they were eight ninety nine a pound. Yeah, and they were they were just they were horrible. The ribs yeah, I, looked god I had, awful. I had a buddy of mine call me up and say, "Hey, I just left two Costco's and a Restaurant Depot, and the shelves are bare. There's no ribs. I think there was like one butt with the cryo pack, you know, broken on it. The seal was broken. Yeah. Uh, no ribs, no briskets, nothing. Just bare. We, so. we, there's some stuff we can get, some stuff we can't. Briskets just dumb expensive um, for, for choice. You know right. what I mean? I'm not even talking yeah. Wagyu or, um, or Prime. Prime. <coughs> it, you know, it's butts are I think right now I'm paying the last time I got pork butts I think they were two ten a pound. Which uh a couple of months ago I was paying 
119. Oh. You know, before all this started, I think it was like at 119 a pound. I think I have one butt in the freezer. I have one brisket flat that I actually want to make some pastrami out of. Okay. And I think I have two racks of ribs, and that's it. I don't even yeah. have stuff to practice with. <laughs> well, <clears throat> so a buddy of mine called me the other day, and he's like, oh, I'm practicing on, on brisket. And I'm like, with where brisket prices are right now, I'm like, dude, yeah. why are you practicing? Yeah. You know they what I are. mean? Like, they're just stupid expensive. They are. And that's if you can find them, though. Yeah. He said he was able to find ribs, but he had to go to, like, five or six different stores. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's a lot of work just to do some practice. So let me ask you a question here. How do you feel about, what do you think about virtual comps that they're doing? You know, you see on Instagram or you see on uh, different organizations are running virtual competitions. I think it comes down to who takes the best picture. Exactly. It's a photo contest. Which, it, it's that, it's no longer... How good are you at really cooking? It's how how good can you make that product look right in in a photograph? Yeah, and you know what? I did commercial food photography for for a long time for years. Okay, and I so know you what you can do to food to make it look good. And, exactly, and and it's it's just it's they ought to have they ought to call it a photo contest. You can't taste it, you can't feel it. There's no tenderness to it. Sure, you can squish it. But, you know, what they stick in that meat before they took the picture you to make no the juices idea. flow? You know, is it did they do anything? Maybe they didn't. You know, who knows? But I think it's just an over glorified photo contest. I, but, I think it's I think you're very, very spot on with that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that there's a way to. Make it completely fair, right? Right. That's why I'm not a big fan of it because it's like you're going to have a bunch of people looking at a photo and saying, okay, that looks really, really good. I want to eat that. Right. Okay. But what does it taste like? Exactly. And that's the key thing is taste. You, you know, know, taste and tenderness are huge. Appearance is the lowest scoring part of it. Did, did they um, – do they over season it to make it look right. brighter? So then now, now your flavor is instead of it having good flavor, it's almost unedible because it's so hot. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Or is it seasoned properly? You know, I get it. It's fun, I guess. It'd be fun to do and it's it's something to do in the times the way they are sure. and everything, but I don't know that it's actually a, a barbecue competition. I don't um, think it actually no. is. The other thing but, is, like, how much money are you willing to spend on those? Right. Yep. You know, and I, I guess it's I, a good practice run. I, yeah, I guess so. And I, I didn't look at the rules or whatever or exactly how they're doing them because I'm sure there, there's got to be something in there that talks about when, you know, uh, do the photos have to be time-stamped? I believe they do. Okay. Um, they have to be time stamped. I mean, there's some things that, that prove that the photos were done when they were cooking them. Don't remember exactly how. Um, so they try to regulate it somehow, but even still, you're missing the two key the two key ingredients: is taste and tenderness. How do you? You, you can't how do, you do that. Prove that it's your food, though. Uh, that's true too. Uh, you know, you don't know who's really cooking it, or who has cooked it, or who helped cook it. Right. Yeah. So, and I would imagine that somebody's not going to try to use somebody else's uh, photographs, but you you know, you just never know, right? You know, most barbecue guys though that that compete, they're a pretty honest group of guys and stuff. So For I don't the know most that part, yeah. I don't know that they would you know do somebody. It's just hard to to taste it and hard to, to you know check that tenderness through a photograph. I think I I very much agree with you. I think it's also yeah. very difficult to. Um, like you said, it, it it's very difficult to tell how good of a cook you really had. Right. Right? It is. 
It is. It, it's just a photograph. And I don't know that that's enough to, to determine what kind of cook you had. I don't, I don't honestly think it is. I think you've got to try it. And like you said, I mean, you can doctor photographs nicely. Right. Well, there's Photoshop. And I mean, how many apps do you see on the app store, you know, oh. to, to change a photograph? There's thousands. And I wonder if that's going to come into play. Like, how do you know that somebody didn't throw it into Photoshop and, and right. manipulate that photograph? I think that people on it, especially Instagram, I see it more on Instagram than anywhere else. They over filter their photos of food. Sure. And, you know, brisket doesn't look cool. Magenta. <laughs> it, it doesn't look appetizing. You know, it, it's it's not supposed to look like that. So I, I think people are overusing filters on their food stuff. And it's just like, you know, you can tell they're just over overdone. You know, you want to touch up a photograph a little bit and beef up the contrast or something. That's cool. But brisket wasn't made to be. To uh, yeah, it's yeah. not supposed to be magenta or purple or. You know. Yeah, where they start tweaking with colors and they start really o oversaturating it. Right. It yep. definitely, um, you can definitely tell. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny when my, I first started Instagram, maybe a year or so ago, and uh, I was talking to my, my oldest son about it, actually both my boys about it, and it's like, you know, I had, I, I think I had like 30 followers, and I'm like, oh, well, I got 30 followers, and then I had 100 yeah. You know, and then you're up to 200, then you're up to 300. And I think I'm up to about 1800 right now and I still can't believe it. It's like, what the heck? So, I mean, the thing is, it's like, man, people actually want to see this. Yeah, exactly. It's like people have an interest in this stuff. Yeah, um, they do. You know, yeah, I, it's crazy. What I love about it, what I love about the Instagram community is everyone, I, I kind of use it as an inspirational part of it. You know, I'll, I'll, when I'm kind of, I don't want to say like burnt out, but in a sense, like when you're like, man, I've been cooking the same shit over and over and over. Right. I, I want to do something a little different. It's really nice to be able to go on Instagram and look at what people are doing. Yep. To yeah. Get, to get kind of some inspiration and say, oh, that's a cool cook. That's something I, I, I might want to do that. Yeah. I, um, I make a peach cobbler and I've never been able to get the crust on my cobbler. Right. And I saw somebody put up a, a, a picture. I think it was, um, the lady from burnt bean. I don't know what her first name is, but okay. she put up this picture of this cobbler. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, damn it. Why can't I get mine to look like that? You know, how did she do that? So then I go back into the kitchen. I'm trying all kinds of wacky stuff. And it's like, you know, you just want to call her and say, Hey, can you just send me your recipe? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many people have messaged me on Instagram and been like, hey, how'd you do that? And I just messaged yeah. them back, telling them exactly how I did it. Um, yeah. So you may just want to message and say, hey. How'd you get that crust? How'd you get that crust? <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do it. Yeah, I've tried. I, it's just, it's like I can't, I just can't pull it off. And I, I do all kinds of stuff. I love to cook. So I love to cook stuff and, and you know, invent it's going to be the dumbest, crust. little, easiest trick. Probably, yeah. And it's just the one thing that you haven't thought about doing yet. That's how it yeah. always is, man. I, I swear. Because I've asked him, you know, I've asked the questions where it's like, hey, you know, what's what's this? How'd you do this? And they're like, oh, it's really simple. And then you're like, yeah. why have I not thought of that? Right. Exactly. It's like, really, that's all That's all I have to do? Yeah. You know, stuff kind of, but... but... I don't know. I, I do my own sauces. I do my own rubs. I, I do, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. I love to play in the kitchen, and I, I just, I really enjoy it. Now, when you start doing, when you started messaging, bleh, messing with your own sauces and rubs, did you kind of, where did you start with that? Where did you, what base did you kind of give yourself? <laughs> There's another story behind that. <laughs> there always so, is. So I, I was, I was pretty sick a few years back. I had, I had some, uh, an infection that I just, my body couldn't kick. And, um, I spent a lot of time in hospital at home and stuff. And I was kind of, I, I really was depressed. You know, I couldn't do anything, couldn't go anywhere. I had all these tubes hanging out of me and stuff. And my wife kept asking me, Hey, there's this, uh, barbecue sauce competition coming up. You should try it. It's like, you know what? Just get away from me. I don't want to do it. 
And this went on for probably two or three weeks. I don't want to do it. Leave me alone. Almost to the point where like, you know what? You need to leave me alone with this stupid sauce. I don't want to do it. So she printed out the, the entry forms and just kind of laid them on the table and left them there. And uh, a few days later, I look at them and I pick them up and I'm thinking, yeah, I wonder if I could do this. And uh, started messing with sauces. And we entered the uh, the KCBS Lickety Split, or no, Sticky Fingers okay. uh, Lickety Split. That's ice cream. <laughs> the Sticky Fingers uh, competition. We pulled third in uh, tomato sauce. And I think uh, out of like a hundred and some hundred and fifty entries or so. Oh shit! Then you got bit. Yeah. yeah, and then I got bit. So now I have a vinegar-based sauce. I have a mustard sauce. I have a spicy sauce, and I have my tomato-based sauce. So that's, so that's how that all started. Sauces. That's the problem. You you, yeah. you enter something like that, and then you do well. You're almost yeah. better off. Well, I don't know. I I always say like, oh, you're almost better off coming in dead last. But then I don't know. <laughs> Like, to me, I don't know, like, I don't think it would sit well with me. You know what I, I mean? If I, if I, I entered could. and I got dead last, yeah. I would be like, okay, cool. Um, I would almost, I think, it, I think it almost would bite me worse. Yeah. You, you know, know I, I always mean? tell, I always tell my, I, my team consists of my little grandson, Christopher. Well, he's not little, but I call him little. Uh, yeah, my well, two boys, Jeff and uh, Tyler, and then uh, my daughter and, and my wife. And I always tell them, I always say, you know what? I just want to do better than I did the last time. And I, man, I don't want to be last. I, I, I just, I, I don't know that I could handle being last. And somebody always has to be last. And my hat's off to that person for trying and giving it their best. Yep. Um, my thing to them is don't give up because you'll never, you won't be there for long. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't want to be last. And I just want to finish better than I did the time before. Yeah. It's fun. It comps are so much fun, and the people that you meet, and the things that you do, and the whole, the whole, uh, the whole part of it. It's just a blast. The now, adrenaline rush is crazy. Oh, it's it definitely. I mean, when you're competing in anything, there's always that adrenaline rush, right? Yep. Yep. There's always that. Okay, well, did we mess up? Yeah. Did we think our flavors were spot on and they weren't? Right. You know, I mean, and it's that. How, How much time times? do I have left? How much time? What's yeah. the time? What's the time? What's the time? You know? Because you're, I mean, you're pulling those boxes. You want to put those boxes in almost last. Yeah. As close to it as you can. Because, I mean, you have, they're, they, yeah, they go from there to the judging station right away, right? Whatever. But at the same time, they're just sitting in styrofoam. Right. Which means there's moisture in there. There's water condensation. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how many times you've opened, you open up one of those styrofoam boxes and there's just, you know, all that moisture that gets trapped from the steam that's yeah. coming out of it and all that stuff. And that can change it, the, that can change everything. It, it's funny. Cause like I said, I have another buddy that competes with me and are not with me, but competes and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a retired, um, sheriff and, and i'm actually a retired policeman myself so okay. you know our, our wives say hey you know what really you guys the jobs you used to have and you're stressing out over turning in a box of chicken <laughs> it's like actually yes we are <laughs> yeah but that's when you got to tell them be like it's a different stress leave us alone yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> but it, it's so much fun you know when it, when it when everything's turned in and you're sitting there and you're wondering if your name's going to get called and and it, you know when it doesn't, you just go, "Gosh, dang it! What did I do wrong?" I'll and, you know go grab your 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 paperwork and see what happened and and try better next time. Or when they your name's called, it's just like, "Damn, that's awesome." It's always weird. I always feel like you you kind of not that you know, but like you have this feeling sometimes when your name's gonna get called, right? Yeah, you know, I've man, I've never. I've, I've never been there. <laughs> You've never had that feeling. No. In fact, when we pulled that that uh, that that one eighty and chicken, when they called our name, um, were you an utter we, shock? Uh, we, I was an utter shock. I had no idea. Um, so you yeah, were I don't utter shock, huh? I was. I was. I mean, it's like wait, and I kind of turned to my wife. Um, and, and I looked at her and I go, who did they just call? And she goes, they called us. They called you. Get up there. And I'm like, wait, what? It, it was just totally. Um, You're like, are they sure? 
Yeah, it's just like, wait, so yeah, they did. And it's so I've never really thought, okay, I did this well and I know I'm going to get called. It's always like, man, I wonder how I'm going to do today. Wonder how we did. I wonder if we were able to pull it off. Now, what is your flavor profile for your, um, for, for your barbecue? Like when you, not necessarily competition, eh, let's go competition first. What, okay. what is like your, what would you say is your flavor profile? What do you aim to hit? You know, I, I want it to be a little sweet and a little bit, a little bit of a bite at the ass end of it. Okay. Um, and, and, and I'm good. So it's a little that's, sweet, that's little heat, go. yep. kind of a good balance and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Now, are, do you cook the same way when you cook at home or no. do you, do you prefer a different profile? If, if I'm cooking at home, see, I like kind of like a spicy barbecue, my family and my wife and stuff, they like it more, um, sweet. Okay. So, um, at home I use a lot of blues hog Okay. Um, just because it's got a, you know, it's, it's really a, a good sauce good and stuff and that's yeah. what we use. Um, now that I make my own, I use my own, um, but I, you know, blues hogs, one of my favorite sauces. So I use a lot of that. Um, but I, you know, I kind of, it's a sweet thing at home and it's a little bit of a, a, a sweet with a little bit of heat on the back end in comps. And I mean, I think, I feel like a lot of people, you know, competition barbecue is never meant to really be eaten by, right, <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like in mass quantities, I say, you know, cause I, I know there's so many people that are like, oh man. I really want to try their competition barbecue. I'm like, no, you really don't. Yeah. It's usually yeah. not that great. It's usually, it, it's because it, it's you're trying to pack so much flavor yeah. in one to two bites because that's all the judge is really getting from you, right? They get right. one, one to two bite. bites yeah, yeah. and they can't, they can't, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to eat three ribs from everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, I've, I've had, you know, I've had score sheets come back, you know, and, and eights and nines, and then you get that one, six and seven, you know, and you look at it and go, wow, really? What happened? <laughs> I mean, sometimes it could just be the judge's day. Yeah, you know, you know or a new judge or, you know, I, I don't know. But, you, you know, you run you run across the board, eights and nines, and you get that six and seven. And luckily they throw the low one out. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you just look at it and you kind of go, what what did I miss there? You know, what? What what kept me from getting that that perfect cook and you know what what should I have done or what what could I have done or and I think I think it it can be sometimes like you said it can be a newer judge right you know somebody that isn't exactly perfect yet um, I think the other hard thing is with judging is a lot of these guys don't actually cook no they don't and no. They that slightly bothers me. Yeah. Because it's like, man, you don't know what we're going through to put this on your plate. Yes. And all yes. you're doing is telling me what it tastes like. Well, that's even if you can get a card back from them. A lot of them don't even give you a card back. So if you want to tell me my barbecue tastes like shit, I'm okay with that. I really am. I mean, yeah, I'm just tell me why. You can my exactly. Why? Why do you think it tastes that way? You know, and then people, I'm okay with, you know, just, I think your barbecue sucks because of this. People know? ask, okay. them, like, you know, why don't you compete? Like, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? I'm like, I do compete every single day. Um, yeah. Every day that I cook, I compete. I just compete in a little different of a way. Right. I compete with the consumer. <laughs> or yourself, you know. Or or myself, but I'm saying with the consumer in, in the sense that, like, I have to make them want to pay X amount of dollars for my brisket. Right. You know, you know what I mean. Like last week, our brisket was twenty five fifty a pound. <laughs> that's yeah, it's got to be some good brisket. brisket. Yes, um, it is. Now that's the most I've ever sold brisket for, and the only reason that we went up that high is because we were paying we were paying six dollars a pound for brisket. Right, right. So at the end of the day, it's like I'm in it almost fifty percent food cost, anyways. That's a really high food cost for me. Yeah. You know, I think, I think that, I mean, I've never owned a restaurant. I've never worked in a restaurant. Um, thought about having one one day, but that's a short lived uh, thing. Um, what do you think 
you know, for yourself personal, like for me personally, I go back to a restaurant because the food's good. Yeah. And it's, and it's consistently good. It's, it's the same. Every time I go in there to eat it, it's the same. And I've been to places where I've gone in there and it's good one time. And the next, next time it, it's, I don't know what happened. They didn't hit it. Cook got fired or, you know, something, but it's just like, okay, I'm done here, you know, and I don't go back. You know, I, I always try I always say that I'm only as good as my last cook. Yes. Yeah. Um, because realistically, no one's going to go to, no one's going to come to us and say, dude, three months ago, you guys had the best barbecue ever. Yeah. Three months ago, it was so good. Now it sucks. But three months ago, man, it was great. It's like you got to constantly come out. you got to yeah. be there. It, um, it's got to be the same. It's got to be consistently the same. Yeah. So I tr- strive to be very consistent in my barbecue, strive to be very, very consistent in my sides and all that, uh, just so that when somebody comes to one of our pop-ups or orders food from us, they know what they're getting. You yeah. know what I mean? They know that they're going to get like – we do pork belly burnettes. It's one of the things we're kind of known for in the area. Um, and we, I, I make them really big. Everybody else cuts their pork belly burnettes into really small cubes and then renders yeah. them. I keep my pork belly burnettes really, really big, really nice size cubes. And the reason I do that is because I feel like I can give you four cubes right right of big ones and it looks better than doing like a bunch of little ones yes yeah it, and it does you know i i've had good pork belly and i've had bad pork belly um but good pork belly when it's on and the, and the guy cooked it it has his game on it's yeah it's freaking unbelievable like we had um we did a beer pairing right Right. So what we did is we teamed up with a brewery. We did a beer pairing. So it was like, okay, guys, the reason we picked this beer was it complements the pork. You know, it'll right. the acidity will help cut the, the the fat. Blah 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 blah. And we did a pork belly slider. And this lady was like, when I'm like, okay, our next dish, you know, it's a pork belly slider, and she like. The, the look in her eyes were just like, oh, no. Why is it a pork belly slider? You know? Right. And she ended up eating it. And after the whole, after we did the whole thing, she was hit. They were hanging out and we're, you know, we're kind of like walking around cleaning up. And she's like, can I? She's like, you're the, you're the, uh, she's like, you're the chef, right? I'm like, I'm the pit master. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to stop and tell you thank you for getting me to eat that pork belly. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, I can't stand pork belly. I think it's fatty. I think it's disgusting. She's like, I like it. I like it in the form when it turns into bacon because I can get it crunchy. She's like, but anytime I eat pork belly, she's like, I just don't like it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Really? Or every time she's eating it. Not every, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. man, that sucks. And you know, she's I- she comes I up. cook for two reasons, man. I when I compete, obviously cook to win. But when I cook at home, I cook solely, solely for that person to say, "Dude, that was amazing." Yep. And she that's was what like, I want to hear. She was like, "She's like that pork belly was rendered properly. It was so good." Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. You know, I mean, like, dude, that's so awesome. That's I mean, what when it means. Tell you that it's just like, man, that's that's all I want to hear. I want to hear somebody tell me that was the best barbecue I've ever had. Yeah. And then I'm good, you know, just like the lady telling you that, uh, that, that pork belly was awesome. It's just like, that's, that's it. That's, that's the money right there. Well, my reply always is like, well, I guess two in the morning is not that bad anymore. <laughs> exactly. And she's like, like, everyone's always like, what do you mean? I'm like, I get up at two in the morning to cook your right. barbecue. Right. You know, I cook on a stick burner. I don't, I don't have, you know, you know, we don't have like an old hick, hickory or Southern pride. We don't, it's not a gas assist. We, we cook, we cook on, 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 you know, a Myron mix and H2O. It's all stick. So yeah, I cook a little hotter and faster because I can with my unit, but with, you know, with that being said, I still take the time to make the barbecue right. 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 You know, you can always taste it when it's cooked with love. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that little ingredient yep. that nobody can mimic. Yep. Yep. And you can taste it when it's not there. Yeah. When it's yeah. just somebody throwing meat on a pit. Yep. Yep. You know, we made um the other day for for just at home, Costco actually got tri tips in. Which I know for you guys on Cali, that's you're like, okay, yeah. Right. So yeah. <laughs> out exactly. here it's not a it's not it's it's really not for the longest time they told me that they couldn't get tri tips. And now all of a sudden they have tri tip because they can't get any other steak. Right. So they have tri tip. And we're paying like eleven dollars a pound. <laughs> wow. Which is insane, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But it, you know, I got it was it, it was a really pretty tri tip, and I was like, "Cool, we're gonna make tri tip because I love tri tip. It's a big favorite of mine." Yeah. And um, we we ended up getting it, or ended up cooking it, and I was like, "Man, this tri tip just came out so fantastic." Do you ever you you know when I cook a tri tip, I'll I'll stick it on my pit and smoke it till it gets about 120, 125 yep. degrees. That's what and I And then do. I'll take it off and I'll sear the shit out of it, um, and bring it up to about one thirty five, and then pull it off. So I get that little charred that yep. char on the meat. Um, you're doing, and then I wrap it and just let it sit for a while. I'm doing the exact same thing you you are, and I don't fully wrap mine. What I do is I oh, just tent it. yeah I, yeah I just tent it. I'm like yeah. I just kind of put the foil over it and let it hang out for a little bit, uh, tent it nicely. And, and then it's just good to go. And I, I think I take mine up to like one, one twenty on the smoke. Right. Yep. yep. And then hit it, hit it with sear. And then I pull, I think I pull anywhere between one thirty five and one thirty eight. Sometimes it, it gets away from me and it'll get up to like one thirty eight. Yeah. And I, I think that's still okay. It's not – Yeah, yeah. It, it's within a five-degree range. I'm okay oh. with it. And then you'll have a little bit of cookover, right? It'll it'll raise about seven degrees and then yeah. start coming back down. You know, when, when you when you cook it and you cook it good, it, it, it's a good piece of meat. It, it really is. I honestly think it's one of the most underrated yep. cuts of meat yep. when cooked properly and yeah. sliced properly. I do a uh, tri-tip smoked uh, smoked tri-tip chili. Okay. So I'll I'll smoke the uh, tri-tip the, the same way, you know, and then I'll I'll cube it up, and then I'll make a uh, a smoked chili out of it. Now, do you still sear, or do you? Yes. Do you okay? So you yeah. want you want to keep that sear and keep yep. that flavor of of that yep. uh, of that sear in there. That's great. Yeah, because I know some people will just smoke it and cube it up and throw it in. I guess the same thing. But I feel like you have to have that sear on it. You do because you do. It adds a whole other level of flavor. Yes, it does, and you can tell when it's not there. It, you almost yeah. need to have it there. Yeah, because it, it it goes through the whole whole chili. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It yep. goes through the whole chili. Uh, we do we do brisket chili in the winter. Um, oh, nice. And what we what we do is uh, we'll do brisket chili in the winter. We also do we do barbecue brunches. Oh wow! Because brunch is a big thing in the Midwest, and brunch is kind of I think a big thing everywhere. People love yeah, it. It's... And we do a biscuit briskets and gravy, right? Oh wow! So yeah. what we do is I take all the trimmings from my from my brisket, and I'll put them on a cooling rack. And I put that on top of a full full hotel pan, right? And I right. will season the trimmings. I'll just season lightly, nothing crazy, just a light light dusting, uh, just to give them a little bit more flavor. And I'll throw them in the oven at uh, probably like three twenty five, three fifty for an hour yeah. to two hours, and just let all that fat render in into the pan. Oh wow. And it just sits there and just drips, 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 drips. Yeah. And then I take that fat and I make my gravy out of it. Nice. And then when we serve it, basically what we do is we take the biscuit, we cut it in half, we pour, we put um, chopped brisket inside of it, and then we uh, smother it with gravy on top. So now you're making me hungry. I know. That's what I do. <laughs> now... We try, and I, I've gotten guys. We've tried sliced brisket inside. Sliced brisket somehow, 
it doesn't play as well as the chopped does. Yeah. Because I think when you do chopped for something like this for the for the biscuits and gravy, it you get a little bit of the of the point, you get a little bit of the um flat and it all mixes together really really well and really nicely for the palate of the person who's eating it. Right. So when we tried doing the sliced it was just too much for somebody to go through with a fork. You know what I mean? I want you to be able to hit that hit that uh, biscuit just with a fork and cut it up, you know, and spoon it into your mouth. Right, and right. With, with the slices, it was just it was just a little too much. You know what I mean? It was like a little overwhelming and a little too messy. And pe- we we just felt like we were like, yeah, no, we'll just do chopped. It's fun. Yeah, you know, I almost prefer it chopped. You sliced is, I mean, sliced is okay in a sandwich, but I think I'd almost prefer it chopped in in anything, a sandwich or or wherever. You get a mixture Uh, of both. You you, you're able to mix that stuff around, and we do we do a lot of chopped brisket, especially around here, because a lot of people don't understand the difference between fatty and uh and lean. Yeah, yeah. So you'll get somebody that'll be like, I want all lean and then they're like your brisket was dry yeah what well you know there just wasn't any fat in it (laughs) you asked for lean brisket right right so do you ever get the people with chickens to tell you that they're raw just because they're pink all the time yeah we we now explain it before you can even get to it right yeah because it's just easier like when people like when people order chickens on catering, so I'm like, okay, guys, just so you know, if you've never had smoked chicken before, there will be a pink, there will be a pink hue to it. Uh, that does not mean it's underdone. It is completely cooked. I promise. Uh, it's just the way that the smoke. Is. Right. You know, chicken scares me. That's the one thing that if like I'm having a party or doing some, you know, whatever for a party or something, because um, I don't do catering, but yeah, you know, if I, I'm cooking for a group of people, I won't cook chicken because it scares the hell out of me. The last thing I want to do is get somebody sick, and I'm so worried about chicken that I, I usually will do – I'll do anything else but chicken for a group I've of people. I've never had a huge problem with it. I mean we cook, uh, it, cook it pretty nicely through. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people do. It just – for me, it it scares me to death, man. We do, our, just, we do our smoked chicken wings, uh, which is kind of a staple on our menu, um, which basically what we do is we smoke our chicken wings to about 160 degrees – and then we cool them completely to let that smoke really set in. Right. Right? And then we air fry them. Oh, wow. So that they get crunchy. Yeah. So the nice thing about it is you get a you get a crunchy skin still, but you still get that smoky flavor. So you're really like you're really enhancing that chicken wing in a way. Um, because a lot of people are like, I don't like smoked wings because te- most smoked wings technically don't have crunchy skin. A lot of people will pull them at 165 and then they're, they're kind of still rubbery. Right. 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 Now, do you ever brine chicken? Uh, commercially? No. We, just... I did a, um, I can't, I was playing around with some recipes. I've never brined chicken, never yeah. brined turkey, never brined chicken, never have. Um, I started playing around with a brine recipe and I, I did a sweet tea brine. Okay. And first time I ever brined uh, two whole chickens and smoked them, they're freaking unbelievable. It is great. Don't get me wrong. I just, um, it's an extra step that I don't want to do. Right. I do it for myself. I don't know if I do it commercially. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Work. Yeah. Because when you do it for yourself, it's not, it's not horrible. It, yeah. You know. But when you're when you're doing it commercially, it, it's a lot. Do you ever cook for yourself and sit down to eat and you just don't want to eat? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I can't look at it anymore, man. I just every I day just of my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while I'll sit down though and I'll I think, man, this is so freaking good. And and but it doesn't happen very often just because you know, you're standing over that pit all day, you're running back and forth and and, you know, you're constantly maintaining that fire and, and doing stuff. And it's just that by the end of the day, it's like, I'm not even hungry. It, it's a weird, a weird thing, right? I feel like, you know, people, people ask me, like, do you eat your barbecue? And I'm like, not really anymore. 
I very rarely eat my barbecue now. And and it's not because I don't think it's good and it's not because I don't want to eat my my barbecue. But the thing is, like, we dude, I'm I, I cook it so much. I know what it tastes yeah. like. Yeah. I know exactly where I need to be. I know where my flavor profiles are, and I'm trying it a little bit. You know, I try pull a little bit of pulled pork, you know, make sure that it's where you want it to be and all that stuff. But like after that, it's like, man, I don't have a taste for it at all because I've, I've been smelling it all day. It's right. in my mouth all day. I know exactly where it's at. Yep. I just don't want to eat it. Yeah. I'd rather sit down and watch everybody else eat it. Yeah. Facial expressions and stuff. And I'd rather just do that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it give like when somebody says, oh my God, this is amazing. That's when I'm like, okay, cool. It was all worth it. Yeah. Yep. That's where it is. That's where I'm at. That's a good place to be. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a happy human when people are like, oh, this is fantastic. Right. Perfect. That makes it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, getting up and cooking, not that bad anymore. Yeah. Well, the older you get, it is. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> You know, but you can always start looking at uh, a pellet cooker. (laughs) No, I was 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 not going to say that. I was going to say, you know, you can always start looking at gravity feeds. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I'm 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 a fan of the gravity feed because it's still real wood. It's still you know it's still a real experience in that sense. Right. So. Yep. You know. Man, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and hanging out with us. It's been uh, fun. I've I've had I've had an amazing time. You you are you are a character, and I love it. Uh, you are a great human, um, and you are a barbecue brother for forever now. And uh, if you can do me one favor, can you tell sure. everyone where they can find your find or follow your journey on the internet? Yeah, it's at uh, what is it? What do they call it? Hashtag Whoa Pig. There you go. Barbecue team. So W H O A P I G uh, B B Q T E A M. Boy, I had to think about that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, we will put all the uh, guys in the show notes. We'll put it there. Um, and I like to end my show kind of this way. If you could go back in time and talk to yourself when you first started cooking, right, and give yourself three tips to help shorten learning your barbecue curve, what would they be? Uh, you know, I think I would have taken a barbecue class or, or a, a seminar or school or whatever you want to call them up front. A little um, sooner. Yep. A little sooner than I did. And I didn't because I was, I was, uh, um, intimidated, I guess, by, uh, everybody else and their ability. And you don't want to, you know, you never want to ask the dumb question. So I would say, uh, a barbecue school or class, um, and uh, try to, to get a hold of somebody that knows what they're talking about. Because most guys, if they think you're real, they'll, they'll, they'll share most stuff with you. I mean, they may keep a few things themselves. But most guys that I've found and, and girls in this, in this uh, competition world, they're, they're pretty friendly. And uh, books, man, read books. I got a bunch of barbecue books that I, I sit and read and, and, and practice, 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 practice. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do, right? Yeah. And enjoy it. It's fun. It, it, you got to enjoy it. I love it. Well, man, dude, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Thanks for having me. And chat barbecue. We will awesome. have to chat soon. Yep. All righty, buddy. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.